0: Hello and welcome to the Healthy Empath Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Marshhausen. Today, I'm joined with Ta and Cole Witte, aka Ta Cole. Ta has 25 years in emergency experience. Cole, 17 years in educating professionals about life's addictions. They have 17 years experience combined in various shamanic traditions, 15 years combined personal training, body alignment to New York City's performance-driven entrepreneurs. They have a diverse understanding and deep love of people. They're playfully obsessed with humanity's evolution. Whether you are attuned to it or not, you are physically affected by the constructs you are participating in, and they are showing up everywhere in your business, in your finances, in your relationships, and in your body. Ta and Cole bring expansive and diverse thought through immersion, imagination, various modalities, and practical skills that dig deep, consider, laugh, and contemplate the workings of the inner being. Working with them will either excite you or scare the shit out of you, probably both. To me they are people who walk the path of the soul they follow their truth have a very high emotional intelligence and have a gifted ability to explain psychological phenomena so i'm happy to have them here ta and cole thank you let's get into it thanks for having us man
1: yep always a pleasure and slightly uncomfortable (laughs) not for (laughs) us
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay So, like I mentioned before, you guys, you know, you do have this capacity to just, you know, and and with that emotional intelligence, so you can share your, your story so well, and your healing journey and what you went through. And it is really great. But that's not fully what we're going to do here. Um, But can you actually give us a taste of your evolution, though, before we go into kind of what I've been reflecting on what to talk to you about, which is expansion and wherever that leads us but yeah so in the meantime just a a taste of of that evolution and how you guys became to be Taco and what you're doing now
1: yeah i mean we only have an hour right so to expand we're going to contract first and in Mm -hmm. contraction i mean we're going to seriously synopsize the story um just because honestly like yeah it's all there and if anyone wants to talk about a piece of it i'm down for it i'm bored of it to be perfectly honest as far as my own story because i told it for so long to myself especially the victim elements of it um, and if i was going to synopsize it for anyone listening to i guess validate some that i didn't just end up where i am by happenstance the shortest shortest version is i was an at-risk youth i was textbook for um assaults on my sexuality or malestation as a child so i went to three different high schools i got terrible grades dropped out of high school ended up in a coma from a drug overdose, had violent crimes against me, been held at gunpoint, besides the coma, 26 broken bones. I've lived just a smidge, moved to New York City at 19, and have defied everything that I was told I could be, would be, should be. And that's exciting. And that includes health. I had a health crash at 26, mostly from unresolved trauma. And I've done everything from helped the UN establish programs overseas for substance abuse education to working with plant medicines and psychedelics in South America, so I truly have worked the spectrum as far as societal conditioning, uh, the impacts of trauma both on my own and also with, I mean, I started speaking 20 years ago about this with people, and then coming full circle to understanding the power of Uh, power plants and psychedelics for human evolution, for optimization, and for expansion when we remove or we resolve uh, the trauma and habits that are driving it. So there's a lot to the story, of course. And I met this beautiful being when I was a full-time musician. We met at Caesars Palace in Vegas. 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 (laughs) And he got me into personal training and got me that last really 15% of the way from By 26, I had endometriosis, I'd had an ovarian torsion, scoliosis that was muscular, 40-degree curve, which is quite significant, Um, fibromyalgia, arthritis in my right knee, I was told I'd need to replace my knee. I was sick, I was not well, and I hit rock bottom with that. That's what kicked off my wellness journey and really understanding health and wellness and as i tell people changing my diet and my lifestyle got me like 65 percent of the way and the rest i had to do around resolving some childhood trauma um some past experiences and really getting to the root of the self-hate that i was experiencing within myself that was causing a lot of my fibromyalgia and my cravings for the kinds of food and people i was putting myself around so this beautiful being over here helped get me the rest of the way in many ways as far as getting my body in alignment so besides just being magical incredible stupendous fantastic and handsome um he has changed my life in many ways including marrying me at machu picchu in peru so that's the shortest version because i could take an hour per year of my life if we wanted to (laughs)
0: That was awesome.
2: I've never heard it wrapped up so succinctly. <laughs> I'll
0: send you the sound bite. There you go.
2: <laughs> Sounds good, man. Real
1: there good. is proof that I can synopsize.
2: <laughs> so uh, for me, um, my, if, I, if there was a superhero name for me, thank you for taking the dust off of my face. If there was a superhero name for me, it would be Captain Covert, because my life was full of uh, untruth. Uh, I, I dated a woman at one point that said, you know, you're amazing at, at this because you don't really lie, but you avoid telling the truth. So you're an evasionist. And so uh, untruth was a, is a huge part of my life before the last maybe uh, six or seven years. Uh, I grew up feeling a tremendous amount of self-loathing because of how close I was in age to my brother, 23 months apart. And I created this, I I had a conversation with my mom and I created this whole idea that I was a mistake because my mother said uh, that they didn't plan for me. And so I created this idea that I was a mistake. So everything was to make sure that my mother never found out that I was outside of what she wanted me to be. So I lied about everything. I I made up stories. I, I just really felt disconnected from everything. And so my life was this mess of covert hiding, Lying uh, just manipulating the environment so that my mother never found out who I really was because I thought that she did not approve of who I was. So this web of lies went from when I was a small child until I was in my uh, My early 40s. And so it was a huge part of of the, the posture that I presented in my body all the time was I was making sure that this person knew this story and this person knew that story and collectively everyone knew this story. So my body was in this sympathetic mess all the time where it was constantly uh, creating stories and, 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 and manipulating things to, to, to make sure that things never ever got back to my mother and never ever got back to the women that I was interacting with. So I did a lot of really covert, uh, under under. Uh, under, un, under the shadow of activity in my life and it wreaked havoc on my body. Uh, I went to nursing school because uh, I was, I was, when I was in high school, I was messing up my grades because I wanted attention from my parents, but I didn't want my parents to find out that I was doing it. So I would forge my report cards and all of this. It was just this mess. And so I went to nursing school. I got my degree uh, in nursing when I was 20. I started practicing uh, as, as a nurse before I could even drink alcohol. So I never touched substances until, I, I never touched alcohol until I was 25. I never smoked weed, never tried weed until I was 36. And it, this is all part of the, the wild stuff that was going on. I also toured around the world as a hip hop artist. Um, you know, I, I toured around uh, Europe, I toured in, in, uh, in Australia, I toured all over the United States as top from the bush and that's how i met cole in vegas doing a show together at caesar's palace like she said and so there was just these this whole mess of stuff that was going on in my life everything was in this space where i was going to work at the hospital and i was working 12 hours 12 hour shifts and i would work for three months and then i would take a month off and go tour and then come back and work three months and i hated it because i knew that the healthcare industry was not serving people from a place of of wholeness. It was it was a it was a finance based. It still is a finance based situation. I was giving people medication I know they didn't need. I was sending people to procedures I know that they didn't need. And and uh, I was doing things that felt really disconnected from my honesty of really wanting to care for people. And so this also was another uh, another space in in a dishonesty place that just put more pressure on my body. And I, and and after I met Cole. Uh, she was like, "Man, I, I, look, I know what you need. Uh, come try these psychedelics." And I was like, "Oh, I don't do drugs. You know, I don't, I don't do that stuff." And so, uh, you know, I broke my back working at the hospital. I was like, "I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here." And So my body was like, "Okay." I broke my back. I, I fractured L5. I got a herniation between L4, uh, L5, and S1. I couldn't walk for three months. And Cole was like, "Look." come to this journey, I think things will click together. And I think that this kind of of work would help expand your consciousness and expand all of the work that you've been doing on yourself and bring everything together. And I was like, oh, I don't wanna do that crap. And so I said, I I trust this woman more than I've trusted anybody in my entire life. So I was like, I'll do it for you. And so I went and I had this journey, it was a sassafras and it was a very small amount. And I was scared out of my mind and it's a heart opener and people uh, we're like, why is this guy having such a horrible time in such a heart opening uh, in, in such a heart opening the plant space. And after that, I had this explosion of everything coming together, and all the things that I had been working on, all the things that I had been doing in my life started to make sense. And so I started putting all these things together and I started to explore the depths of psychedelics. And I started to explore the depths of myself even more as our relationship started to synchronize. And and, uh, all of the aspects of me being in fitness, the social aspects of how I was able to connect people through my words and music, uh, the the physiological uh, wherewithal that I had from being a nurse, all of this stuff pulled these things together. 25 years in emergency medicine. being around trauma and drama started to pull all of these things together and everything started to synchronize with the physical movement aspects. Cole and I started doing fitness challenges with people and then we started to see that it wasn't just about losing weight or putting uh, muscle on the body. It was about really synchronizing the entire organism and integrating the physical organism into this space with the mind, the spirit, the heart, the intuition, and the microbiome and bringing all these things together to make a complete human organism. And it started to make sense and it started to click. And we started to see, and we started to ride the chakra maps and see how all of these emotional areas that start that sit in the body makes sense when it comes to a scientific standpoint. And it makes sense when it comes to an energetic standpoint and bringing all of these things together and bringing how a person is uh, in, in their space of empathy, along with their space of mentality, along with their space of physical uh, spatial reality. And it just started to work and, and we started to see things and we started to be able to pick things out and point things out with people. And so we built this thing called biointegration, where's where an integration of the of the entire physical of the entire human organism. And it works off of, of, of what we call a totem pole. We're at the top of the totem pole in our society as humans. We tend to put spirituality. Beneath that, we put the mental processes. Beneath that, we put the social uh, aspects, the social constructs like family, religion, uh, countries, gender, nationality. All of these different things are put into the social space. Beneath that is the heart and intuition space. Beneath that is the body space. And beneath that, in esteem, is the microbiome. And we take that totem pole and we turn it sideways and we honor all those aspects of the individual human organism and we bring them together for a complete human experience. And that is is in a nutshell biointegration and how we came to do the work that we do uh, in a full experience of of another person. And we are learning ourselves even more by uh, helping people to see themselves in a space where we have this empathetic, flow back and forth with people there's a vulnerability volley and that is where intimacy is and intimacy is the work that we do so, right.
0: <laughs> beautiful yeah thank you and yeah well a few things were coming to mind when you were talking well first of all when i was reflecting on what to talk to you guys about the uh, the word expansion kept coming up and i i seemed to be going through the a very rapid expansion with like these huge changes in my life right now. So I guess it's relevant to also me you know my life and this kind of energy that I'm in. But, um, also when it comes to integration, so actually it's going to be the episode I think released this week, I was talking to someone and they do a channeling, a channeling and the, being they channel, they, uh, they prefer to say, use the word integration instead of healing yeah. and, I use the word healing a lot, but I've, I find myself starting to say integration a little more. So can you, before I, we talk more onto expansion, or you can just tie it in and how it relates, but can you talk about this idea of integration and what does that mean? And yeah, because a lot of the people that we end up working with, we start with health, And they want to, you know, say lose weight or this or that, but really, they want to live just this full life. They want to be happy. They want to have fun. They want to, you know, experience joy. And that's really what it is all about. So I guess the question there is, yeah, so what is integration? What does that mean and how do we start to integrate or heal?
2: Sure. Well, healing is an integrative process from our, from our vantage point and from our context right? Healing is an integrative process. And when you think about the word health and you think about healthy, healthy breaks into two words, heal and thy. So it's heal thy, heal thy body, heal thy mind, heal thy spirit, heal thy social interactions, heal. Healing meaning bring back to a homeostasis. And so when you involve your environment, which includes the things that you eat, the air that you breathe, the water that you drink, the energy that you manage, and the people you interact with, all of these things are bringing your environment in to help you heal and bring that fluctuation of, of the midline. Some people call it balance, balance is very still. There's always a fluctuation. So we say flux at the midline space. And so when you when you, when you look at healing, it's an integrative process of bringing in. When you, when you, when you, uh, when you get a cut on your finger, When you eat food, you bring in, uh, nutrients, you bring in things, proteins and stuff to break down, get amino acids, and then heal and integrate whatever you ate to repair and bring it back into that homeostasis. And it's the same thing with any other aspect of your life. When you bring the environment in, that is an integrative healing process. That is integration with your environment, integration with your mind, when, 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 uh, When you look at all of the history that we have in medicine, um, you are bringing in an integrative thought process in how to heal yourself if you break a bone. If you don't know how to set it, you go to the hospital and you integrate with the intelligence and the knowledge of the physician at the hospital that knows how to set your your bone. This is integration. And when you integrate yourself from a space of awareness, that is when you are an active part of your healing. Healing is not something that happens to you. Healing is something that is constantly happening with you. Does
0: that make sense? Yeah, it does. I like it. Oh. Um, the idea of, yeah, well, to me, the you know, my definition of health is always, or healing has always been just you know, the one that you know I kind of like tuned into in my heart. and was like, what does it mean to me? It's just a return to the truth. And like that that makes sense too uh, with that, you know, the way that you explained it was just like this integration and this union um, and how that all comes together. And yeah, something. Oh,
1: I was just going to say, you know, the other part with integration, when you consider if, like when we used to work full-time in personal training, health and fitness, uh, like I had a client lose 200, almost 240 pounds naturally, no surgeries, no anything, right? And she did it over about five years. And unfortunately, we just lost her earlier this year to cancer. Um, but that being said, part of the integration is we could not have she could not have only worked out. She could not have only changed her diet. She, she also had to look at what was driving her to eat the foods that she was. What was the underlying stress? Because stress impacts the hormones your body release. So even if we change diet and work out, working out more can cause more stress on the physiology, which can be detrimental to the organism. Even if you lose some fat, um, which if That's people's goal. It's one thing that does not mean we're necessarily moving closer to being healthy. We just may be moving further away from death, but there is a visceral difference between I'm choosing to live and I'm trying not to die. And so integration is when you bring all the pieces together and acknowledge that we are one universal organism and every cell in our body impacts everything else. Everything we put on our skin, everything we put in our body, like Toss said, the air we breathe, the people that we interact with, or if you're going into a job that you hate and you're anticipating it all day Sunday before you go in, that's going to impact your immune response. If you don't want to go to work, the likelihood you'll contract a, virus or something so that you can stay home is much higher. Why? Because you keep affirming you want to get out. So without looking at a full process within people, it is not that we can't expand in some ways. But for me, the expansion that I seek is freedom from reactive responses. That's expansion for me. That is being able to operate outside of my conditioning or my past experiences or my fear.
0: Okay. So when it comes to the this expansion or healing and integration, all of it, there's a lot of people or even with Yeah, I was talking about this with someone recently and about plant medicines. And you know, you go in with this kind of, you know, perhaps your intention is to to heal or to face some kind of trauma, a lot of people, you know, they have like answers, you know, right, they want to go and they want to like face these things and be able to like process and integrate. But then there's this, and that in the conversation, there's this other side. Uh, which is, you, people get a little too caught up in that, and you know, if your intention was just like expansion, perhaps you could do it in another way where you don't constantly have to get you know, almost like get caught in this uh this like healing loop because you still have this story a little bit, like oh, and you yeah, have to keep like going back and I have to keep facing this, versus just just expanding for the sake of expansion. And um, do you yeah, can you comment on that and how that works and that you you guide people through. These types of ceremonies, correct?
1: Yeah, we've been leading trips to Peru for the last five years. It's work that's been really, really powerful for us and with the people that we work with. And, you know, the thing is, we call it the transformation trap. It's called, we say, tirelessly repeating a painful process for the purpose of transformation. There is a difference, even an intention to heal something. What often we see when people get trapped up in what we call the transformation trap or these trauma loops is ultimately what's driving underneath it is that either the harder I work and the more I suffer will be the bliss or joy that I will gain for showing up and doing the hard work, which is a common type A high performance societal conditioning, whether by childhood or, or whatever, um, by parents or school or sports teams doesn't make a difference. Or at the deep, if we dive deeper into it, they actually don't feel that they deserve it. And so I need to go back and fix everything that's wrong with me in order to deserve or to get some sort of penance so that I am worthy of joy and excitement and all of this, and I have to fix everything that's wrong. And you know, one of the things that I tell the people, if you're kicking a brick wall and it's hurting your foot, do you sit and try to figure out why you're kicking the brick wall or do you stop first? You know, does it really make a difference why you're doing it versus just deciding, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, what else is out there besides kicking this brick wall thinking, maybe I'll bust through if I just keep going. You know, at what point is the pain just been enough? At one point has the suffering just been enough? That That, that really isn't the way through. Acknowledging traumas, acknowledging emotions, feeling them, experiencing them, absolutely. You know allowing yourself to slow down the truth is though the way through the other side is not always breaking through sometimes it's actually slowing down to the point of self-compassion and allowing yourself or giving yourself permission to play because even whether it's psychedelics or tony robbins seminars or reading books If you're having to continually go to the next program and the next person and the next thing, your self work has just become another way to punish yourself, to exhibit that I'm not good enough yet. But look how committed I am though, guys. Look, I've paid another $5,000 for this seminar. It's time to, I mean, the point of doing it, at least for me, is to have fun and to have deep gratitude and be present in the process of pleasure and excitement And that doesn't have to do with what happened to me in the past. It has to do with being so present that I give myself permission to play because there's nothing else I have to do or prove that I am worthy of it.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to get some chills. So I kind of want to start shifting the conversation more in that area of what you were talking about, because I see a lot of people who are, yeah, they're, so hard on themselves like oh if i just meditated longer if i was more strict with my you know, what, whatever your spiritual practice is thinking that like that strictness and that you know that discipline and you know if you could just you know have the same type of you know what, that, whatever that guy has you know he he practiced for 5 hours or he can you know meditate for that long like, i got to be more like that and then you know things will open up for me and then I'll, I'll be able to you know do what i want or get what i want um i've been seeing that a lot. And then also the, uh, something I called the light ego, which is basically that, that other side too, where, you know, we feel no, I, I had this experience of like the way I saw the the image in my mind was like this, Oh, this monk who was like, so afraid of God. Um, but he, so he tried to be like the most spiritual, like just like follow the, the most rules and like the best, like, you know, ever just to please God. But in reality, it was just like, you know, the most like creating like so much fear. And then that light ego kind of keeps you small and contractive versus this other place of just like play and fun and excitement. And those all feel more expansive, right? If we're talking about expansion. and You can
1: laugh through things and cry through things simultaneously. Even the idea that we have to painfully suffer, we can go through something challenging and still have fun in moments. It's when we deny it to ourselves entirely that we actually support the dysfunctional, um, self-criticism. And even in the plant medicine world down in the jungles of Peru, if someone flies all the way down there and they don't have the experience they hoped for, expected or anticipated, it's not uncommon for either the facilitator or whoever to say, well, you must not have done the dieta right. Mm-hmm. You must not have followed the rules right or the person's self diagnoses that you know, oh, I, I had sugar that one day and I wasn't supposed to. So something, there's something wrong with me and that's why it didn't work. And it, it can just as easily support what we identify as the biggest overarching issue across the board right now, which is oppression and shame.
2: You know, there's, there's a distinction between expansion and propulsion. And I find that many people are looking to explode and propel themselves into expansiveness. And when you propel something really quickly, you miss the nuance that's in the expansion space. Expansion is easy, you just expand. And it's- it's Like a flower blooming. It's a relaxed kind of chaos. Mm -hmm. Propulsion is a very focused, just a, a, a jettison right you can you can break something up and cause it to expel in multiple directions but it's still missing the nuance that's in the cracks and crevices where expansion lies and so when you look at things in the in the terms of masculine energy and feminine energy feminine energy is a container that allows for all the nuance to happen it allows for all the small things masculine energy Kind of directs and it kind of focuses things. So when you have tantra, you have that expansion, you have the propulsion, but you also have the, the feminine moving through things. So the, the the masculine energy can kind of nudge things. And we have weight when you overcompensate with masculine, it zooms past all of the nuance. So so when when we talk about expansion, there's a there's a flux between that masculine and feminine. So it's your awareness, right? Because masculine is a very logical, very aware space and it kind of nudges things. So it's like, oh, let's expand. Oh, look at that over there. Let's go over there. The masculine energy kind of pushes it over there. And then the feminine energy allows you to fall into it. So when you're talking about expanding, when we're talking about expanding and connecting from a place of awareness, it has to include both of those energies. So that propulsion space is something that I see people in the self-help areas and in, in places where people are looking to force forcing themselves into meditation, forcing themselves to do something right, forcing themselves. It doesn't allow you to expand because you are actually contracting by trying to control things. Mm-hmm. So when you when you let things be and you nudge and you kind of let things be and you nudge, you have a tantra within the self, and that is is, is the magical space of expansion with awareness.
0: So, when you're in these two different energies, the the relax the uh, with the expansion, the propulsion. So, do does this happen by itself, or is this something that you do? Like, is this a natural rhythm, a natural occurrence that you wait for and kind of allow in some way, or is it something that you do?
2: Well, I mean, natural. It depends on what natural is to you. In our world we have been told that things are normal or abnormal. And most of the things that we see as human beings are not natural. They are normalized. Being in this house is a normalization. Human beings were not designed to be inside of houses. We've built houses and to, keep, to protect us from the environment and that type of stuff so that we can live longer, but it's not normal. Wearing clothes is not natural. It's normal. So when you, when you think about uh, the, 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 uh, the natural being, when you look at a dog, a dog runs around, they're not thinking about anything and they're being. and this is this is the space. If you are a, allowing yourself to be and you feel really connected and easy and, and and you feel connected with everything around you, that is the space of natural from my vantage point. That is my uh, that is my uh, that is my my uh, vantage point on what is natural. So the flux is a natural space. As far as I'm concerned, when I feel when I'm in a natural space, I can allow myself to be, and then I kind of nudge myself into where I want to go. And I allow myself to be there. And if it's not where I want to be, I nudge myself to where I want to go. And so there's the tantra space. And it feels very natural, it feels very easy to me, but I'm nudging myself from a space of awareness. I'm I'm actively moving myself into the places that I want to go into and actually programming my body into a space that I want to go to from a space of awareness.
1: Well, it's kind of that difference. It's not that you know, we can utilize propulsion and expansion too. It's just when we are reliant on propulsion, then uh, quite often what happens is people are becoming, uh, they can become momentum, almost like adrenaline junkie status where in order for me to get to where I'm going, it needs to be hard faster now. And the body does not do well with that long-term because that keeps it in a very activated state and impacts your adrenals your immune system all of it right where you're working even though you're not sleeping um you haven't had three days of sleep you're up working because the hustle because the grind because you have a deadline because you know you don't have enough money right now whatever it is we can create that and we can utilize it in times in a functional way but what we see a lot, especially with high-performance entrepreneurs that are in that hustle, that don't make money unless they're the ones doing it, that have teams that are reliant on them. So it's not just their own you know, self that they're responsible for. Uh, they've got whole teams. The, the need to stay in that propulsion and in that forward momentum is so strong that they will ride it to the detriment of their body. And if their body collapses, they end up integrating their wealth with their body. So that's what we talk about. Integration is always happening. It's when you bring awareness, how is it integrating? How do you want it to integrate?
2: Are you nudging that integration or is it Correct. integration by, by osmosis, by default, by, by just whatever happens? And that's one of the magical spaces of being a human being is that we have the capacity to be aware. My dogs are, are their awareness from my vantage point is very limited to what they can create because they, are, they don't have the I am situation going on. And when you have that awareness, you can actually nudge things into a space that work. for you.
1: And then it's waiting for the currents. So being in flow, I think a lot of people hear that terminology, especially in the self help, self development world, that when things are going easy, you're in flow. And I still see flow as different than ease because there is always flow in some direction. Again, how are you working with the flow? So in propulsion and in expansion and in some of these terms, for me, I'm waiting for that riptide. I don't fight it, right? If I if something like COVID happens, I I don't hold on to what was. I mean, our calendar was done until April next year and mostly live events. That meant that everything stopped and changed. And what flow meant was slow down, breathe, let's see where this is going, and let's have fun yeah. in the meantime while we wait, because there are certain things that we cannot do until other things have been announced and we are reliant on other people's schedules before we determine ours. And so flow meant oh, okay, Riptide is pulling us out to sea, we're just gonna wait. We're just gonna play we're just gonna spend time together until this riptide stops and then we can decide where are we and where do we want to be from here and not not from a space of complacency but an understanding that sometimes these currents come in and recognizing where where's my shit within all of this right the fear the loss of control it's an opportunity to see as things change What keeps me moving in an expansive space and what is my perception because of societal conditioning will move me forward. Forward is that binary linear uh, cosmology we all get conditioned into that in when this chaotic energy can come in, we're still thinking in order for me to move forward, I have to go this way or that way. And so allowing yourself to be in flow means you are always expanding if you are aware of your response to what flow you are in. And if I'm looking to head a certain direction, can I maneuver even if it's not in a linear line? Am I still working the way that I want to? Am I still wandering through the woods because I can see where the sun sets even if I don't know the path to get there. So we are, that is an expansion through awareness and at times having that propulsion, sure. But if we ride that propulsion then it's like swimming upstream.
2: You know, human beings, we, we face forward. We are anterior based, right? We don't have eyes behind us. So we tend to always want to move forward and being able to to, to let go of the forward momentum and slide back with the wave. If you're in the ocean and the wave is going this way, it crashes, right? <laughs> you get the momentum, you get to the place, and then the water starts to slide back. You can fight against that ebb if you want to. but That water is going to pull you back anyway. So you can let yourself go with it. And then once you get into a space where you can actually nudge, then you can nudge. But you've got to be able to integrate with the water. If you don't integrate with the water, you don't integrate with the, with the ebb, the flow most people are looking to always flow forward and there is a backflow and that's called an ebb and when you move back with the ebb you actually get more of a perspective and you get a vantage point and you start to synchronize your body with how things flow backwards forwards side to side up and down you're along for the ride and that integration is part of the expansion is when you can expand with your environment and everything in your environment the people the diseases the changes in technology all of this stuff I mean, like she was saying, when COVID happened, you know, our, our calendar was all wonky. So we just stepped back and we let things flow backwards. We took advantage, we, we, we evaluated everything. And then we, as the waves started to move forward di- in a different fashion, we rode the wave. And our business is better than it's ever been. You know, the way- we That is the
1: contraction, like the, that's the breadth of the universe, as we say, you're gonna have these expansions and it could be propulsory. It could be huge and big moves forward and then feeling the contractions like the wave when the water pulls out. And it's just when you recognize that that's part of it, you also recognize that in in this breath type movement, in this heartbeat, there's a stillness before the next, next expansion that we find that is just be present, just be still, just be. There's nothing to do in that moment. And in those contracted states, you may have had a huge expansion but you never go back to where you were in a contraction. And so when you can find that that is the pattern, you can find the patience and the sovereignty from what is going on, owning what is yours, and just recognizing that it will pass just as it always does, and you will expand again if you'll just wait, versus trying to fight that swell, like he was saying, like trying to fight that wave. There's other ways to navigate it, but just going straight through it, you're going to meet resistance.
2: And if you want to get super deep, um, there's expansion outward and there's expansion inward. Yeah. And, and if you really. Is want
0: contraction to keep, expansion inward?
2: Yes, yes. Contraction is expansion inward. I never if thought you of that. Turn around and look the other direction, you can actually see the expansion inward. Because if you are if you're really about the universe and how infinite it is, it is infinitely large as it is infinitely microscopic. Mm-hmm. And so you gotta break down each piece into smaller pieces into smaller pieces and it goes down infinitely in each, in each direction. So there is an expansion inward and an expansion outward. Yes. So it, this is all part of expansion is if you're going to see all of it, then let's really see all of it. And and that, that means
1: expanding the stillness. Mm-hmm expanding the quiet Mm -hmm. the relaxation so the body can acclimate because the body is process oriented Mm -hmm. so the contraction is actually expanding into the stillness sometimes or expanding into the emotions because we've been outwardly creating and expanding outwardly
0: yeah i never thought of that but as soon as you said it i immediately had an image and understood um is the universe expanding with us at the same time
1: I mean, we believe we are the universe, so
2: yes yes. <laughs> yes, I mean we are not we are not separate from the universe. Uh, we are part an active integral part of the universe. when you look at the planet and how integrated we are with the planet, how it, like if this planet if the oxygen leaves this planet, we don 't breathe anymore as these human beings as these human lives, so we are integrated with this entire planet, and this planet is integrated with the entire galaxy, and the entire galaxy is integrated with the universe, so yes.
1: I mean, the, the, the soil tells. is the integration of other things that came before us, mm-hmm. you know, other bugs, other people, other animals, other creatures, other microorganisms. We are constantly integrating for others expansion, you know, like we had to um, we lost one of our chickens a couple of weeks ago and instead of throwing her away or, or even burying her. Um, we decided to put her out in the woods in a ring of flowers so that she could integrate back with nature the way that you know because we have we have another acre for her. And that was for her to integrate back in to the planet. And that is our intention for, you know, after we're gone as well, we're not looking to be buried in a metal box.
2: And embalmed, that's not it.
1: Correct, we are looking to go back to an integration for other expansions of this planet, which is part of the universe, which is part of whatever. And that process for us, it is all about the continuation of expansion, even after my soul is no longer operating this body, my i am still an integral part of the expansion of other and things our
2: awareness becomes part of the everything whatever bugs and insects and microbes that 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 utilize the resources from our bodies goes back into the planet and that intelligence that we've had that wisdom that we've had gets reintegrated and realigned and who knows what is eating that and bringing to something else and adding to the to the wisdom of the planet. And so we as human beings and, and this is something that I talk about all the time with people. We as human beings are, are bordering on 8 billion. Okay, 8 billion people in the next 20 years we are slated to be 8 billion. So from now until uh, until 20 years from now, that's about 400 million people. That we're adding onto to the planet and we're still burying people in metal boxes we're still burying pe- embalming people and stopping them from being integrated with the planet while we're still soaking up the resources so things are not being sustainable for the continuation of human life the way we the way we know it so in order for us to for i believe for us to re, uh to, to replenish this planet is you know part of it is, is giving our bodies back to the planet we've been giving we've been taking so much from it Give back to it, and let's reintegrate. And that's part of the integration is and expanding this planet is is giving the 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 knowledge back to this to the earth, giving the knowledge back to 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 the resources that we got from it. We've learned a lot, and I think that uh, plenty of the things that I know that I'm just like, how did I know that? Where did it come from? The things that I'm eating, the things that I'm drinking, the planet, the wisdom. We got some good words. Where did all of this stuff come from? There's so many different when you when you think about it. If you get a, a a pound of broccoli from the store broccoli broccoli that's right that's how i say it. broccoli broccoli right when you get a pound of broccoli from the store where did it come from right what was it grown in what soil what made up the soil what ground up insects birds bird feces all of this other stuff animal parts what was ground up into that 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 made that broccoli that i'm now eating what wisdom am i imparting to myself from what part of the from what part of the planet who drove it to me, and what, and what was their energy while they were driving the truck when they're angry, and then they project this energy into the? Who knows, man? There's so much going on. When you consider the integration of yourself energetically with the planet, you are the universe. And when you look at it this way, when, there's no reason why I would hurt another person. I would always want to know somebody else's perspective and vantage point so that they can educate me on where they're from. This is integration from not just a physiological standpoint, but from an energetic perspective integration where we have intimacy with each other. There's no reason from from my vantage point to hurt another person because of their thought process or what they believe or anything like that, because when I know, when I can understand your vantage point, I can actually integrate with you. And that's where the integration is. And together, if, if me and Cole are, are nudging this together, like me doing this by myself is great. Her doing this by herself is great. But us integrating doing this together from a space of awareness, that's where the magic is. So it's me, you, and me and Cole, and now Mike, you're added to it. So we have this three-way thing. And all of the people that we're connected to, that's where we integrate our knowledge. And all of the people that are listening to this, we are integrating our knowledge together. And when we do this from a space of awareness, we integrated it into body and we project it out. And That's we expand expansion. in awareness. Yeah.
0: Are kids a thing for you guys, you think?
1: Have children? He, um, he's already got a daughter and we have two grandchildren. Yes. So the kids thing has already happened in some capacity. Um, whether or not I will have biological children with Tom is we'll see. We'll see. Um I feel i feel very fulfilled in my nurturing nature there's you know so much of what we do is doing inner child work with people that i actually feel like that mother role a lot hmm. so for me for me to biologically procreate when i am procreating all of the time in collaboration with other people in their perspectives and you know i'm Just on the cusp of 38, and I don't have a biological clock running. I don't adhere to this idea of age. I've had friends have children in their 50s and have very healthy pregnancies. And so for me, even the idea that to conceive, I have a stopwatch is not the case because, should I decide um, and should Todd decide that we would have young humans together, whether we birth them or foster or adopt, has never had to come biologically. And I feel that every person I come in contact with is passing on what I would teach to a child, um, that I do teach to children, that I do with my grandsons, that I do with my nieces and nephews. So, you know, that could change tomorrow. It is not in my intention currently. It's um, we've never used birth control and never concerned ourselves with it because the way that we know our bodies. And we decided a long time ago if it happened, we would be all in and <laughs> we know what we're doing. So it, it has not. And, you know, I'm not here to make definitive statements on whether I would or wouldn't change tomorrow. I don't know. I know that I do not take having children lightly. It is a whole other soul. And the idea that yeah, but it's so worth it is not a reason for me to do anything. No. Um. And so until it is an F yes, it is an F no for me. Um, until you get a little and, visit
0: in your dreams, say yo. Uh,
1: oh, I've I had energies. I, wa- I,
0: I want you guys.
1: <laughs> oh no! I've ever I have for four years had a had a boy spirit, or I'll say a masculine spirit and a female energy that I've seen in dreams that I've felt, um, especially in a journey in Peru in the jungle, I very, very specifically saw a little, um, we'll say female presenting. She looked like a little girl, Mm -hmm. um, in my vision. And that still does not change that. I have sovereignty over my body and my experience. And so for me, um, Again, that could change tomorrow. I trust my instinctual intelligence now so deeply that until it's a full body, yes. Not a full mind, yes. Not a instinctual because it's time and you're human and you should procreate, um, but hey that could change tonight that could change by the end of this podcast for all i know
2: you know i mean from my vantage point uh, it's really important uh, especially the way the world is and, and the, the speed at which we're growing human beings uh, we're putting human beings on the planet the amount of trauma that i've that i've witnessed and dealt with in my own life not to mention the thousands and thousands i'm talking to thousands of people that i've treated in emergency rooms in new york city um, the amount of drama and trauma that people are brought into this world and experiencing because their parents are in a space of unawareness is dramatically large. It's, 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 it's out of control. And I'm not saying that we need to control the population or anything like that. However, being a parent in a space of awareness that you're not raising a pet. I've had people say, you know, I, I want to have a, a child because I'm lonely. Or I need to pass need, on the I family name. I need to pass name. on the family name. This is, this is, another life you're bringing onto the planet. And as far as I'm concerned, I am not my my daughter's, uh, my daughter's the, the person who tell her what to do. I'm a guide, okay? And I can guide her based on what I know. And that's it. My daughter is one of my best friends. She's 30 years She's old. She's awesome. She's one of my best friends on this planet. 30? I was,
0: huh? 30. Did you say 30?
2: She'll third? be 30 this November.
0: That's my age.
2: Yeah. yeah. And and uh, you know my my oldest grandson is eleven and the youngest one is, is almost six, and so you know these 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 are these are people that I guide with perspective and they guide me with perspective. Yes. Their perspectives are just as valid as mine, and just because they're younger than me does not mean that their perspective means nothing. And so we have a volley that's back and forth where I honor their sovereignty and and uh, I, they honor mine. You know and and so. This is, this is a space where we're looking to show people how to be sovereign over their own organisms. People are told by family members that they need to keep the family name going, they need to keep the gene pool going, all that. There are enough people on this planet that I don't need to be responsible for the gene pool. We are not procreating now just to keep humans alive and and, and propagate the species. Well, or like, a
1: last name or
0: the, your a- Your name. <laughs>
2: the,
1: the,
2: the, the, what is a name? You know. So uh, I'm about- the human the human beings that i'm here with now i'm nurturing people i'm guiding people into processes that they never thought they'd experienced before i feel complete in myself i want to experience things and right now my experience is not being a parent and being in a house raising a child that's not my space right now if if we if we did get pregnant i'd shift i can i can shift into that space i'm cool with that that's not my that's not, my eye is not on that the moment so if my eyes i mean
1: something else is still you know (laughs) so
2: you know but i mean you know if 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 that if if that changes tonight we can go to sleep and wake up and be like let's have a kid tomorrow fine however there are things that we are doing that we are nurturing the planet the nurturing the integration Mm -hmm. of the planet and that does not require me to, to have children when you look at animals most animals don't just randomly mate and have kids they mate when there's not enough uh animals and they and they they, they keep things going. They keep things going. They're not just having babies just to have babies to keep a name. Oh, well, you know, we have to prop, we have to, uh, you know, the, the Johnson's over here, the Johnson elephants over here need to be propagated, but you know, we've got 60,000 elephants. Hey Midge, around. the
1: Tomcats down the street have got more kids than us. It,
2: it doesn't work like that. So, you know, humans, again, are the only, uh, the only beings on this planet that, that, that reproduce at the rate we do. And and uh, I, I don't need to be a yeah. part of it. But what about rabbits? No, rabbits. Rabbits. They. You, know, you see how much rabbits get eaten. Now get out of here. Well, <laughs> like they said, that's rabbits, why they have to have so many. They, they have to have a lot because they get eaten by everything in the forest. Yeah. So anyway. So yeah, that's just where we are with kids.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I I got the I got the full story. that um yeah, it was just a little something I saw felt, but uh. Yeah, I love parenting, is like one of my favorite topics. And but obviously, you guys are you know, parenting doesn't extend to just that, but yeah. And I like what you said about being a guide because that's a saying that I had that I I don't know if I came up with it, but yeah, I said it to myself first. And it was, yeah, we we are their kids, children are our teachers, and we are their guides. So that's uh, on a similar mindset when it comes to that. Yeah, and, man,
2: I mean, we, we've got to guide them, and yeah.
1: Yeah, yep. the, you know, we talk a lot about um, the isms and, you know, we talk about ageism and even the idea that that a child's perspective is not valid because they lack certain types of experience. Their perspective is unique and it's valid. And even by telling a child like, you know, children should be heard or should be seen and not heard mm-hmm. is oppression. And so when we continue these oppressive systems, whether it's ageism, sexism, racism is one of our main topics at the moment, It all the overarching is oppression. And so the way that parents oppress their children is a fortification of oppressive systems. And that's something that we are not interested in participating in.
2: No, Mm. we are not interested in oppressing other human beings at all, because oppression stops people from being at ease. Okay, and oppression, is, is, oppression serves one thing. Right? If, you don't, if you listen to this and you take nothing else home but this, oppression serves one master. And that master is convenience. The convenience of the oppressor to the inconvenience of the oppressed. That's it. And any oppressive system that you look at, there is one side that is being convenienced and one side that is being inconvenienced however no matter how you slice it if it's sex trade if it's racism if it's fascism if it's communism there is always one side that is convenience. capitalism there is always one side that's being convenient right and 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 there's an inconvenience on the other side so you know this is something that we that we are really really astute about is being being able to bring people into a space where they just see where they've been oppressed Or are oppressing and is there is that system running on autopilot are you suppressing yourself are you holding yourself back are you repressing yourself are you holding yourself back and holding yourself down for the sake of some system somewhere
1: and that is the that is the biggest thing holding people back from expansion. So, when they get stuck in that linear forward trajectory and they're looking for that propulsion, this is like having an anchor down at the bottom of the sea holding onto you while you're trying to move forward or move in whatever direction okay. is oppression. And until we recognize the systems that we are participating in consciously or unconsciously, we are either anchored ourselves or anchoring others from expansion. And I think that if we're really gonna be about expansion, it's also understanding and being aware of how we are oppressing other people, whether it's our family relationships, children, whatever, so that we can recognize, am I the anchor for other people's expansion? Am I the one dragging them down to the bottom of the sea? What is my intention in all of this? If I seek to, to expand myself, Where am I preventing expansion in others and really diving into systems of oppression within the self within society within everything you're participating in makes it where expansion comes with a lot more ease, because it's like taking the fish hook out of the mouth, you know, like it's finally setting some of these things in a position where yeah, there's going to be some healing. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a fish hook, but when you pull it out, it causes more damage than when it went in to remove it. And so this is removing yourself and some of these systems from your physiology is an actual thing that takes some time and it's painful at times, but it's recognizing that until you bring that awareness, all the self work in the world, all the supplements and biohacking, energy work, understanding your astrological charts. Isn't going to make any difference nope. until you're willing to unhook from yourself and from the people around you the ways that you are oppressing.
2: And the easiest way to locate that is to look for the convenience. And I'm not saying that all convenience is the devil and oppressive. However, if you want to find out wherever a person is being oppressive, ask them to look for their convenience. If you're if you're uh, worried about you know uh, people. In, in certain countries being oppressed, uh, look look to what you know. Com- companies like Apple are doing in overseas, you know. And are you paying? Are you buying the Apple computers? Are you utilizing Amazon all the time? Do you see how they oppress the people that they work that work for them where is the balance of of what you're doing for convenience and are you aware of it and i'm not saying that i don't participate in systems of convenience i do i am still unraveling a lot of the of the oppression that i have been participating in since i was a child since i was born since before i was born in my ancestry this has been a part of my life so you know when 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 you want to find out where oppression is look for the look to the convenience it's always inconvenient.
1: Amazon is I mean our whole system is convenience, convenience. now you know when our mm-hmm. phone doesn't run easily we're frustrated mm-hmm. if our phone breaks it's the end of the when, world. When
2: the water shuts off in your house or your electricity goes out convenience is gone mm-hmm. you know so yeah. look at look at where where these things are and and how they work and 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 it may be all right. Cool. You got all the stuff in your house. You're paying for your light bill. It's not. It's, you're not oppressing anybody. But it's your company, the company that you're working for, oppressing people because now you got to work. You got to get the money to pay for your lights, and that's a convenience. So is your company doing some sideline shiesty, underhanded back alley stuff to oppress somebody else? Are you aware that the 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 root of all oppression is convenience?
0: Wow. Um, yeah. We're- yes. Close to that time mark, but as uh, well, one insight I had uh, was, or you know, around this childism that we were talking about, and the the oppression of children, and how if you are an oppressed child, and even you can have the most, like your parents absolutely love you, adore you, so kind to you, take care of you, but even if they have, you know, this kind of authoritarian rule over you, they don't understand the effect that has. And this insight I had was that so when you raise these free sovereign children, you now have children who are not susceptible to brainwashing from higher authorities from the government from medical establishments, whatever that you know, they just because somebody tells them to, that's not a good enough answer, it's gonna take a little more, they're gonna think for themselves, they're gonna explore, they're gonna figure out who they are. So do you think that uh, a lot of the starts of childhood does it go but you mentioned ancestral? does it go back before that? when it comes to uh, this oppression, is that the ma- the main way to to break free is starting there?
1: well look the, you know
0: also it's been have, about an hour so just you can wrap it up any anyway yeah you
1: we have that dives into whole other intricacies and belief structures in what someone believes if one person believes that they've had lifetimes before this, it's very likely that they will. Uh, support that cosmology. And if people don't believe that, they'll find rationalities why they don't, because the human mind is incredible. So at the end of the day, it's open dialogue, and it is seeking perspectives outside of our own to consider what could be possible for us, without having to repress, suppress, or oppress other people's perspectives. Because I could say one thing, Ta could say one thing, Henry Archibald over there would say another, maybe he'd say it in Klingon, I don't know. But at the end of the day, everyone's perspective is going to vary. And for me, what difference does it make? What resonates in my heart when I speak? When someone is talking to me, uh, maybe I do get a visualization of a book and recommend that. I think that we're all here. If you're really in the resonance of your heart, you're going to find what you need. You're going to find what you're looking for. And it is in that sovereignty, you know, within the self and the, the allowance and support of other people's expression and their perspective that you'll find what you're looking for. And, you know, are descendants of slaves in this country, there are definite epigenetic expressions. I'm descendants of Germans that had a lot of shame and guilt associated with the Holocaust. So, you know, and fled the country. Their shame travels and it impacts your hormones. It impacts how your body expresses your genes. It- and,
2: and, and it's built into the conditioning and the family structures. Um, you know, our technology is another thing that gets built into a uh, structure. Look at our children now, they're being born with mobile phones in their hand. And they're in the dopamine release that comes with us- utilizing these things. This oppressive stuff is built in to, to our, our genome. And it's definitely passed down. I know, uh, you know slave culture is built into my family. You know, with the, the amount of spankings and beatings and lashings, and this is how you, you know, in Black culture for, from the, that I was brought up in, beating your kids was a normal thing, you know? And, and we got beat by massa. You know, we were out in the field getting lashed up. And so we learned that this is discipline. And so we pass this oppression down. This becomes an automatic thing where it's normalized. It's not natural, it's normalized. And so the normalization of this gets built into our DNA and then it just becomes normal to, to beat your kids. It becomes normal to oppress your children. It becomes normal. And as our technology gets more and more convenient and more and more instant gratification, we are going to see children being born into these spaces of convenience and oppression instantly because of our technology, because of how readily available things are. Just you know, just as the radio happened and the TV happened, and then you know the internet, all of these things are making things a lot faster, a lot more convenient, and a lot more easy for people to be oppressed because their bodies are now built into a system of convenience.
1: And cyberbullying and and all of it. All so of, it's no. so you know all that to say our our answers are all pretty much always yes and mm-hmm. yes it started long before it does get passed down it is our freedom comes in the awareness and what am i going to do with the awareness that is freedom it doesn't mean that i can change all systems and change everything as much as i would love to not participate in technology i see the gift in it we're connecting right now and as with, with anything, we can have functional use or dysfunctional use. We don't perceive things as bad or, or good or evil or of light. We see everything as a part of the integration of all that is.
2: What is it functional for? And what is it dysfunctional for?
1: And what do we want? What are we looking to fortify and build? What is our impact on this planet at this time? What do you want? So, if you and listening right now, you know, we are not gurus. We're we are sharing our perspective, and we welcome all perspectives. You can completely disagree, and we love to hear about it. And we'd love to hear anyone that would like to share their perspective on it.
2: We are always looking to learn, and if you have a vantage point that shifts my vantage point into a space of new understanding, I'm Thank all you. about yes. it. Thank you. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, no, what I know is law and that's it. Listen, I, know I, don't, no know I don't know <laughs> shit except my perspective right now. And so that can change at any moment. You know, look at how we thought about fat a few years ago. You know, 20 years ago, fat was the devil, right? And everybody was eating sugar and all Cigarettes
1: 50 years Cigar- ago.
2: You know, all of these things were the devil and now it's, it's, it's a different story. So just, you know, that's, that's where we are, man. It's all relative.
0: I like it. So can you finish off with... First, if you can answer one sentence, just real quick, the meaning of life to you and then where people can find you and connect.
1: Well, for me, the one thing I would say that I live by is all truth is relative. And that's every time I don't agree with someone, it is strictly because of my experiences and my perspective. It does not discount or make theirs not true. It makes theirs true too for them. And that finds that helps me to find compassion and kindness in any situation.
0: One sentence. One sentence.
2: The meaning of life is
1: all about
2: experience and being aware in that experience to the point where you are fully enveloped in that awareness. Like- can,
0: can, can you can you repeat that again if you had to?
2: <laughs> the meaning of life is all about experience, the awareness of that experience, and being enveloped in that awareness.
0: All right, you can <laughs> Perfect. I was like, Is that something you thought about or is you're saying slowly and coming up with that as you go <laughs> No, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beautiful guys. Well, this was super fun. Um, yeah, you guys are a joy and just passionate, just open hearted and loving people. So cool. So oh oh, we didn't answer the other question. Where can people connect with you?
1: Uh I mean, you know, the social media networks. Um at taco T-A-H-K-O-L-E. It's easy to remember if you just think of like taco, because who doesn't love tacos except for taco. Which doesn't make any sense, but whatever. You know, that's his perspective and his relative truth.
0: Yeah, it's just not uh, as right as other people's.
1: That's Jam, but I'm gonna help expand his awareness of the majesty of tacos someday. Yeah. So talkhole.com, you can also text optimize to two two nine nine nine. That is gonna get you access to what we're working on right now. Uh, which we're calling R-rated for people that are really looking to deconstruct oppressive systems, specifically racism this year, um, and bringing in that awareness.
2: Rated R.
0: Fun, fun. I like it. Well, yeah, thanks again, guys. And I hope everyone, I'm about to text that right now. Maybe, maybe we get off. <laughs> i surprised I haven't yet. But uh, yeah, the podcast is is fun too. If, if you didn't mention it, uh, yeah. people listening.
2: Victoria in the Mirror is our podcast. How do you do mentor and mirror on all podcasting outlets you'll get it you'll get it you'll get an idea of what we're up to
0: all righty that's a wrap